spirit that we feel today that God has made available to us again and again and again in Jesus' name. Isn't that something? I'll tell you, what a, what a powerful thing that God does for you and I in Jesus' name. Praise God. Why don't you do this while you're seated? Amen. You know, they did receive the Holy Ghost while they were seated, so I think we can pray for one another while we're seated. So why don't you just reach over and lay your hands on the person maybe next to you right now and pray that prayer in Jesus' name. Pray that the prayer of peace, the peace that goes beyond our understanding. Oh, yeah. In the name of Jesus. Come into this place. In the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. <clears throat> yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Oh, what a mighty God. What a mighty God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. That's beautiful in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You know, the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, the epistle um, has six chapters in it. And if you study it, you're going to find that it's kind of divided right in the middle. And I don't mean that in an ununified way. I just mean it just kind of has two different subject matters that it deals with. Um, the, the first three chapters deals with um, our standing with God and the reason why we have it in Jesus' name. And it mentions uh, several times in those first three chapters, um, heavenly places. Amen. And I believe in that. I believe that there's several of you in this morning that that's exactly where you need to go. And I'm not going to tell you you better or else. I'm just saying that God is making that available to you in Jesus' name. And years ago, we had a, a man come to our district, uh, David Gray, and he did some teaching and preaching. And he sang this song, and it really, really connected with me. And I'm going to try and do it here this morning. It's an old hymn, um, again, bringing it out of the, the archives. But hopefully the words will, will minister to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm pressing on, onward way, new heights I'm gaining, I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven. higher plane that I have found Lord plant my feet on high 
Jesus. Praise God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that's my prayer for everyone here today. Those that are hearing this today, Lord God, I pray that you will direct them on higher ground, that you will give them something to stand up on, Lord God, that gets them above all the problems and the troubles and the tribulations of this life. And Lord, help us to see it from your perspective, God. That's what I pray right now, Lord God, for every person here, Lord Jesus, that will stand on higher ground in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I give you the praise and I give you the glory for this in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Can you lift up your hands and just thank the Lord for what he wants to do? Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Mm, hallelujah, Jesus. The book of Hebrews teaches us many, many things. It has a lot of information in it. Um, and I, I, you know, have been reading it and trying to study it for years. Um, but in the sixth chapter of the book of Hebrews, it makes mention of, of several things there. Um, one that I want to make a note of, praise God, it talks about the doctrines of Christ and how we, um, we, we really do want to um, stand steadfast in these things in Jesus' name. But the scripture says um, uh, in verse number 13, 6 and 13, I'm in Hebrews, it says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could, he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, surely blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will bless thee. Now, that's God saying that. And so, and, and it says, and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. And that, of course, is referring to Abraham. Abraham, in my opinion, is one of the, is, is a tremendous example of living by faith. Now, I'm not saying he was perfect, but he endured, praise God. You know, a 25-year project that God had with him, about giving him the promised son. And so he patiently endured and he obtained the promise. And then it goes on to say, it says in verse 16, for men verily swear by greater and an oath of confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the, the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. And then in verse 19, it says, which hope we have as an anchor to the soul. Think about that. And it says, both sure and steadfast and which entereth into that which within the veil. Praise God. God has made us promises, folks, and he's going to keep those promises. The thing that you and I sometimes have to be focused on is that we have to remain faithful to him until those promises take place. Um, you know, for 40 some odd years, they've been preaching to me or telling me that the rapture is going to take place. God's going to come back after his church. I mean, I, I've heard uh, the tribulation preached in a lot of different ways. But I think the bottom line is it hasn't happened yet. But it's going to, praise God. There's coming a time when our God is going to step to the bow of whatever it is up there, and he's going to make a shout. 
He's going to call out names, and I'm going to tell you something, folks. There's going to be a tremendous resurrection in Jesus' name. I don't know about you, but I have already made my plans that I'm going to be a part of that in Jesus' name. I don't care what comes my way. I'm not being boastful right now. I'm being determined, and I feel like that's what God wants to help somebody with here this morning, praise God, is a little bit of determination. That no matter what happens, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, um, to be there when that happens in Jesus' name. Because you and I, we have an anchor, praise God, for our soul. And God wants to help us to, to recognize that and, and to be a part of that in, in Jesus' name. Um, I started the book again uh, here this past week, and I'm going to read it through again. Um, and the name of the book is called Anchor Points. I would certainly recommend that book to every, each and every one of you. I really would. It's, it's a book that's written by David Bernard, and it's just a, a, um, a, a tremendous book. It has to do with um, anchor points, as that's what, he, that's what the name of it is. And he refers to things. And, you know, I, I believe that one of the things that we have to discipline ourselves with on a regular basis is what we allow our minds to, um, to receive. Um, I understand with the internet and with all of the things that are out there on, on um, um, you know, online, in fact, we're out there online, so I'm not going to be too critical of it, but the bottom line is there's just a lot of stuff out there that you and I can get involved with. And so it takes one disciplined person to pull away from that. It really does. I feel like that's one of the things about North America that has been one of the challenges that maybe they don't have in some other parts of the world. You know, Christians in other parts of the world have to deal with tribulation in other ways, you know, that type of thing. But you and I, we've always had so much. And, and so again, we have to discipline ourselves a lot of times to pull away from some of that media in Jesus' name. In fact, I'm going to make a very strong recommendation for somebody here today that it would be good for you to go on a three-day fast of media. Amen. It really would. Yeah, just turn it off. I'm not talking about don't answer your phone. I'm talking about just get off of the, the, uh, the internet, just get off of the, the media, and, just, and just, just fast from that for two or three days. And just you, you, you find out for yourself how, what that does for the renewing of your mind in Jesus' name. This isn't some kind of a demand here. I'm just suggesting this. Because, you know, give yourself some time. You know, he mentioned seven anchor points in that book that I think are very, very, very well noteworthy of your studying out. Amen. You know, he talks about having faith in God, which is a very fundamental thing that you and I have to establish and reestablish on a regular basis. He talks about the Word of God. You know, and he's written other books on the infallible Word that is just incredible. I mean, I, and again, God doesn't need our defense. He needs our witness. That's what he wants. He wants you and I to become a witness to him. Praise God. Um, and then, you know, he talks about Jesus Christ as the revelation of God, the oneness of God. What a tremendous revelation that God gives us. He talks about the new birth, and then he talks about life in the spirit, which is so important, praise God, for, for spirit, for growth, amen, in, a, in our relationship with God. And then he talks about the pursuit of holiness, and finally he talks about the promise of eternal life. All seven of those things would be very much worth your time to, to figure this out. Praise God. You know, the Bible teaches us, I think it's in Tim, or not Timothy, but Peter, it says that you and I should be ready to give an answer. 
a man. Not for everything that's in the Bible. There's still lots of things in the, in the Word of God that I can't tell you that I completely understand them. I don't, and I'm not here to, to bring doubt or unbelief to those things. It just, I don't, I'm not at a place where I can, I can see that yet. But believe me, there's enough of things in the Word of God that God has shown myself that, man, there's no question about it. I don't doubt what God is doing, praise God. I don't always understand it all, but, man, I'm going to tell you something. I don't doubt it because He is God and His Word has been confirmed in my life personally, praise God, with signs following, praise God. The first um, Monday after the Sunday I received the Holy Ghost, I was challenged in a way that I never thought I was going to be at a Bible study at the work area where I was at. And there were four Baptist people that came and challenged me about my experience with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I can't tell you that I had answers and I had comebacks and all of that kind of business. I mean, there was four against one. And, and so I was just kind of sitting there and, and just kind of waiting for things to calm down. But I felt like the Lord did give me an answer for them, praise God, at that particular time. And I looked at all four of them after they got done uh, beating me up in spirit, I mean literally. And I just said, listen, I said, I, 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 I feel sorry for you that you can't believe what I've got. But I said, I will tell you this thing, that the Lord did something for me the other night in the service. And I know that he did something for me. And you can't take that away from me in Jesus' name. There is something about a witness, praise God. And that's why God um, gives that job opportunity, if I can put it that way, for each and every one of us. Amen. To become a very strong witness for the case of God. That doesn't mean that you have the entire Bible memorized. It just means that whatever God has done in your life, praise God, you are fully persuaded like Abraham was, praise God. See, that's where Abraham got to his 99th year. He became fully persuaded that what God had said he would do, he is going to do in Jesus' name. And guess what? That next year, praise God, that promised child was born, praise God. Somebody in here, that's where you're at right now. God wants to take you to a high ground. He wants to take you to a heavenly place where you can grasp a hold of that promise and you can become fully persuaded for what the Lord has done for you in the name of Jesus. Does anybody here want to just lift up their hands and claim that promise here today? Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you something, folks. You and I are privileged people. Oh, we are. We're in the age, praise God, where God is going to confirm and, and, and has been confirming his word with signs following. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, that's right. Come on. Come on. Tell the Lord that you believe in everything he says. Oh, hallelujah. God, you've shut down the goat mentality in this place, and I thank you for that. And now the saints, now the sheep, now the sinner can be drawn to you right now in the name of Jesus, by your grace and by your power in the name of Jesus. Come on, there's somebody here you can get right up off of that seat right now. You can claim the promises of God. I'm telling you right now, they're just as real as the, come on, now come on, I'm telling you right now, doubt and unbelief is going to be evicted from this place for a while in the name of Jesus that's it come on that's it take your liberty in the name of Jesus take your liberty oh my yada oh my praise God praise God 
Take your number amongst the believers, praise God. Do that. Do that every day, praise God. Don't let whatever the world is doing, you know, spoil you. You know, Paul makes reference to that in the book of Colossians, how, you know, philosophies and things like that can spoil us. It can really make things, you know, not the way they are. And, and, and God just wants to restore that into our minds and our hearts every day in Jesus' name. That's where we're at. That's why it doesn't, it, uh, it, uh, doesn't surprise me some of the things that we're encountering. We're encountering quite a bit of things. And I don't know how soon the second coming of the Lord is. I don't. I, I'm not going to sit here and try to become, uh, you know, uh, a predictor of those things. But I can sense that things are getting closer and closer and closer and closer. They just are, praise God. And I don't get that from CNN. I don't get that from Fox News. I don't, folks, and I'm not trying to be critical here, but that's not where I get it from. I get it from observing the church. That has been the barometer throughout history. God is, his, his, you know, when Jesus came to this earth, that's one of the things that he established with his newly appointed apostles. You know, the question was asked, you know, because, you know, there was lots of things that were being controversial during the times of Jesus. And so we can expect the same spirit from time to time. And finally, one day, he just asked him, he said, well, who do men say that I am, you know? And so they said, well, there's a variety of views out there. And, and you know, Jeremiah, you know, one of the prophets, that type of thing. And, and so there's always going to be the view of what people think. There's always going to be that. And you're going to be, um, you're going to have to rise above that. That's one of the higher grounds that you got to get above. It's not that you don't care for people. It's not that you think you're better than anybody else. But I'm going to tell you something. There's only one opinion that really matters. I'm telling you. And so if you're going to wallow down in that low ground, and sometimes that isn't somebody else, that's your own opinion that's getting in your way. And you need to rise above that. You need to say, well, listen, my opinion really isn't worth a whole lot either, you know? But I know the one that is. His name is Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to grasp a hold of that. I'm going to get up on that place where I can get his opinion, praise God, and his opinion only. You know, when Peter was, was put in front of the court system of that day, he just, his response to them wasn't trying to convince them and convert them. He just said, hey, we ought to obey God rather than man. I think that's a pretty good comeback, in my opinion. I think that one could still work today. Maybe not for them, but it works for me, praise God. Because I'm going to tell you something. God is the one, praise God. He is the one that really does matter in Jesus' name. And so sometimes we have to reestablish that within our own thought patterns. That God knows what he's doing, praise God. And he will confirm. And so, so Jesus asked them, they said, well, who do you say that, that I am? And of course, you understand you know, in Matthew, that he, they spoke up and said, well, you're the Christ. You're the Savior. You're the one that we've been looking for. Now, you can't tell me that they understood everything about that. But man, they'd been walking with him. They'd been fellowshipping with him in Jesus' name. And boy, what a, what a tremendous thing that God had brought into their midst in Jesus' name. And so there was a powerful witness that day. And I'm going to tell you something, that's, that's the thing that God still has today. He still has a very, very, very powerful witness in this world, and that's you and me. That's the church, not CNN News, not carnality, 
not what you hear, you know, from people who have not even embraced the oneness of God and Jesus' name in baptism and in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I'm not putting those people down. I am praying for those people that they will come because everything that I've gotten is, you know, has, has come via the Holy Ghost, praise God, that God has given me a fresh witness. Not that I'm better than they are, but it's because I've been obedient to his plan. Somebody said one time that, you know, the real fruit of the fear of the Lord you want to know what one of the one of the standout fruits of the are uh, the fruit of, of of the fear of the Lord is something called obedience. obedience. That's what it'll always be, and that's what the apostolic does. Now we're not perfect at it. We're not going to claim that. Boy, if we get into that arena, we're really going to get messed up. But we are people who are trying. Praise God. That's why any day of the week, praise God. You want to have services down here? I'll meet you here in the name of Jesus. This is better than having coffee at McDonald's. This is better, praise God, than listening to the news in the morning. I'm telling you folks, fellowshipping with you people, lifting up our hands, being, getting ourselves on higher ground. This is what it's all about in the name of Jesus. And I'm not going to jeopardize that by coming in here in a bad mood and listening to my opinion. I'm going to get up on that higher ground and listen to his opinion because he knows what he's talking about in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody right now, you can shake that right off into the fire. You can shake that depression right off into the fire if you want to do that right now. You can shake that unbelief right off into the fire right now. Come on, God gives you permission to do that. Why don't you quit sucking your thumb and why don't you come on higher ground in the name of Jesus. That's what God wants to do for you. That's what God will do every time in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Now listen, before you get too critical here, that's, that is not some emotional roller coaster. That is in the spirit, praise God. And that's what God has promised us in Jesus' name. And so I understand there's a lot of times people are going to come in from mixing it up in the world, and the best thing I can tell you is just shake it off in the fire. Just shake it off in the fire, praise God. And then lift those hands up and give God the praise and the glory and listen to what he has to say in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. He is a tremendous God. In Jesus' name. And so in response to that question, and believe me, questions are there. You're going to have them. I'm going to have them. And I believe that God gives us a place. I'm going to show you something here in the Old Testament that maybe will help somebody. I'm hoping it will help somebody online in Jesus' name. But first of all, you know, Jesus, after they responded to him, and you've got to understand there were three different revelations there. There was a revelation of what's the, what's the opinion out there, and then the revelation of what's in here, and then the revelation of God. And the scripture says that, 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 that Jesus said in, in chapter 16 and verse 17 of Matthew, he said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed you know, it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Never forget that, folks, that without the revelation of God, you know, a lot of things are not going to make sense. They're just not, you know? And the reason that is is because most of the time, if we don't have the Spirit of God, we're looking through, through the carnal lens. And the carnal mind just can't comprehend this. Always trying to protect its own reputation. 
And so the bottom line is, you know, that, 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 that Jesus revealed to them who was the source. Who was the source of this understanding and this knowledge? And then he said something here in verse 18. He said, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock or upon what was just showed to you, you know, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail or succeed against it. Now that doesn't mean they're not going to try. It doesn't mean that they're going to come 100 yards towards us and then they're just going to quit. No, that tells me they're going to try to knock down some doors. They're going to try to deal with some personal issues in your life to try to get you to really, really let go of this. Now, I'm not trying to scare you as much as I'm trying to inform you. That's why it's important. Every service counts. Every time in the prayer room counts. Now, I don't know if it does for you or not, but it does for me. I don't take any of this for granted any longer. That's something about two or three or four years ago really got a hold of me. Amen. No more rituals. I do it because I got to do it, praise God, in Jesus' name. And so as I was walking around this church again this morning, like I've done, I think this is going on close to five years that I've been doing this. That's what God gave me. He just said, walk around the church, claim it, in Jesus' name. And man, I get some of the strangest looks from people over at Maverick. I really do. It doesn't matter to me because you know what I've established? I established it again this morning. If they would come over and ask me, I would tell them exactly what I'm doing. I would. I wouldn't be afraid of that. Amen. And so what I've become here on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and some other days during the week is I've become a witness. Now, I don't worship my walking around the church, but I'm going to tell you something. I have purpose for what I do. Amen. And if somebody asks me, I'll tell them about it. Praise God. And hopefully that witness will stir them up in Jesus' name. And so Jesus established the fact that he was going to build his church. And so that's why I pay attention to the church. That's why I pay attention to what's going on in the apostolic ranks. It's not that other denominations aren't having some moves of God. We just heard about a move of God somewhere in the south where for weeks, man, people were, were gathered into a prayer meeting and that type of stuff. Listen to me, folks. God is interested in people. And anywhere people get hungry for the truth, he will, he will, he will gather with them. But make no mistake about it, he's trying to bring them into a greater truth in Jesus' name. And that's what has happened to you. And that's what has happened to me. And now we must embrace this thing I've been working on for about 20 years now is not just to know the truth. And I do want to know it. That's why I study it. That's why I read. That's why I try to fill my mind with those things, praise God. But I want to love the truth. I really do, praise God. I want to love this thing more than anything else. And that's going to that's take some time and that's going to take some effort in Jesus' name. Let me show you something here in the Old Testament. Look at 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter number 10. I'm going to have you meet me there. Um, uh, 1 Kings is a story about Solomon and when he was, um, was being used of God and, and tremendously used of God, there was an anointing on him that was just tremendous. I mean, the Bible says he was the wisest man that ever lived. And that's quite a an epitaph as far as I'm concerned. 
but we understand and we under, and, and realize why he was is because he asked for it. You study the life of King Solomon, you're going to find that, that in, at the very beginning, you know, he realized there was something bigger than he was. And so his prayer to God was, God, give me, I, I need wisdom to judge these people. And so that's what happened, praise God. But let me, let me fast forward, praise God. And before we go to 1 Kings chapter number 10, let me go to Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. Scripture says in verse number 11, Ecclesiastes 12 and 11, it says, the words of the wise are as goads. Or it's a word, the word goads there is a tool that they use to guide livestock. That's what that is. And it says, and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. Scripture says, and further by these, my son, be admonished. It says, of making many books there is no end, and much study, it says, is a weariness of the flesh. That's why people get tired, you know. It's because sometimes we try to do these things in a fleshly manner, and it just exhausts us. And we've got to go on another vacation, or we've got to take another break, or we've got to do something else. And I'm here again, I'm not to be critical, I'm just trying to point out something for you. That's why you and I would really, um, um, it, w it would really help us if we would learn how to do this in the spirit. Praise God. One of those areas in my life personally is prayer. I've really learned how to pray in the spirit. And folks, I can tell you from experience that it doesn't exhaust me like when I used to try to pray in the flesh. I'm just telling you this from experience. And what I have learned, each and every one of you can learn. Maybe not quite to the dimension I have. I don't know. God is the one that gives it and, and takes it. I, I'm not going to sit here and argue with that. But I'm just saying every one of you have that opportunity. You can learn. Praise God. But this man who was wise, he said that we need to come to some conclusions. And really that's what God wants to help with you today. He wants you to come to some conclusions. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter in verse number 13. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's why I said one of the unmistakable fruit of, of the, having the fear of God in our lives is that we will obey what he says. That goes without saying. That's why, and, 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 and that doesn't take a whole lot of discernment. It really doesn't. And so you might want to check that area of your life right now today. How's that going for you? When you read the word, when God speaks to you as the pastor preaches out of the word of God and the word comes forth, what are you doing with that? And I'm not going to sit here and bash you over the head with it. I'm just saying, if you're going to tell me you really fear the Lord, which the Bible says is the beginning of a lot of things. The fear of the Lord isn't being scared of him so much that you don't want to approach him. The fear of the Lord helps us to reverence him and helps us to respect him and helps us to separate what he says from everything else in this world. That's what it helps us to do. Because sooner or later, that's what you've got to do. You've got to separate what's, what's of God and what isn't. Okay? And so the scripture says, keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. 
And the thing that we have to keep in mind in verse 14, maybe not right now, maybe not in the next 10 minutes, but the scripture says that God will bring every work into judgment. You and I are going to become accountable for what we have done. You know, the first judgment that's going to take place is going to be the judgment for sins. And that one is going to be an across-the-board thing that God has given every generation a way in which they can approach sin and its problems. And that judgment will take place. And then those that have received that, they're going to be judged on what they did for the Lord. And so you and I must understand judgment is a good thing. It helps us understand that God doesn't, you know, he, he isn't a flippant God. That everything he says means something. That's why you and I must, we, we, I hope that everybody in here is in the process of taking it very seriously, what God says. Amen. And so the scripture says, he will bring every work into judgment and every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And so you and I, you know, I don't know if that scares you yet. It doesn't me. It, it, it really, um, it actually gives me confidence because I see him doing that in my life right now. And I'd much rather, folks, I would much, much rather have him do it now than later. That's the privilege that you and I have. One of the privileges that we have of being in the church is that God, judgment begins in the house of the Lord that God will immediately begin to start judging us. And not judgmental, but he's judging our thoughts, he's judging what we do. And I'm going to tell you something, folks, that is a good thing. That is the power of God in our lives. A lot of people don't want that in their lives, but not me. I do, in Jesus' name. Now let me show you something here. Look at 1 Kings chapter number 10. Praise God. Scripture tells us about a time when Solomon, who, by the way, wrote that in Ecclesiastes too, but Solomon, you know, he began to, be, to get a reputation in the world. People began to hear about him, you know, and his wisdom and his way of handling things began to, um, uh, begin to uh, reach some of the far points of the world. And so here's a, here's a recourse, or not a recourse, but this is a, uh, um, um, a, uh, a fact of that. You know, Jesus, when he was testifying in the, in, in the Gospels, one of the things he made reference to, because the people, the Jews, the Israelis, they had a lot of respect for some of the, their Old Testament heroes. And he made reference to the fact that, you know, Solomon testified about him and about God and all that. But Jesus said, a greater than Solomon is here. And that's what makes our uh, time period or our era of time such a precious thing, you know, that we're testifying. But look at this. I'm going to start reading in verse number 1 and 10, 1 Kings chapter number 10. And it says, and when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame or the word reputation could be replaced there, of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. Notice this. She heard about him. And the scripture says she came to prove him. I'm going to, you know, I've heard what people are saying about this guy, but, you know, I'm going to find out firsthand what this thing is all about. And that's a good thing, because that's why sometimes we'll get every and anything in, in, the, in the house of God. We will. 
God's not going to just put a little bubble over this church and just keep all the good people in here and keep all of the bad ones out. That's not going to happen. God is going to allow them to come with all of their ideas, you know, and that type of thing. Because a lot of times, very secretly, that's what they're really trying to do. They're trying to prove, is this really true? You know, and I don't know about you, but I've done those kind of experiments. I didn't tell you folks that. You know, I didn't want you kicking me out of the church. But I remember when I got the Holy Ghost that Sunday night, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't you know, five seconds after I walked out of the church. That's why I've always had a, a confidence for the house of God, not to worship it. But there's something about that place that is always something. But all of a sudden, you made that up. Where did that voice come from? Well, I looked around. There wasn't any devils around. So I thought, whoa, you know, can't deal with this. And so what I did was I just thought to myself, you know, God, you gave me the Holy Ghost. And, you know, I told you about the next day. I was bombarded. People trying to tell me that it wasn't true. So what am I going to do? Well, you can do what you want, but I did what I felt like I needed to do, and I needed to prove God. And so for about two or three months, I'm, I, it's, it's, it grieves me that it took that long. But God is such a, such a good God. I would secretly, wouldn't tell you about it, you know, because I wasn't supposed to come to the altar. I was supposed to let the people that needed the Holy Ghost come to the altar first. But here I am, man, and I'm not telling you about this. And so I come down to that altar, and I thought to myself, God, if this is really true, it won't just happen one time. It'll happen again. You know, and you can call me Gideon if you want. I put a little fleece out for the Lord. And I remember I would go down to the altar and, and I would begin to pray. And, and, and at times, man, you know, I could feel the spirit of the Lord come upon me again. And I would begin to speak in tongues. And then as I told you before, that on a Wednesday afternoon at a prayer meeting, praise God, all of a sudden I didn't have to do that anymore. Because something broke forth in me. It was like a fountain. And I'm going to tell you something. It was like when God delivered me from cigarettes. I've never, ever had an urge to smoke. And I'm going to tell you something. Ever since God broke forth that fountain in me, I've never had a doubt about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm telling you this, not so that you'll look at me as I'm somebody special. There's a few of you in here. That's the journey you need to take. You need to get down here and you need to take care of that depression. You need to take care of that source of the doubt that keeps coming back into your life and you need to squash it down in Jesus' name. Now, I know I'm being extremely bold right now, but I feel the boldness of God in this place right now. I'm sick and tired of this yo-yo relationship that people have with the kingdom of God. It's time for us to get in this thing and to be sure and fully persuaded of what what we believe in the name of Jesus. Now, if that's too hard, I guess it'll just have to be too hard for you. But I'm telling you something, folks. We've got some big things that are coming up in these last days. There's going to be hundreds of people that are going to come in and need to be baptized in one afternoon in this thing. And you and I, we got to be sure of what we got in the name of Jesus. And that pesky little neighbor of yours or that uncle of yours that keeps telling you that it ain't true, you need to just look him right in the face and say I know what I got a hold of it got a hold of me and I'm not letting go 
Now, come on, folks. This is two weeks in a row that I've had to do this. And I'm not mad, folks. I'm not mad at you. I am just getting a little bit upset with the devil and his system in Jesus' name. And it's time we put some of that to bed, put that to rest in Jesus' name. And so this is it. This is what was happening. You know, I'm going to prove him. And the Bible says she came. And you've got to understand, folks, they didn't have Amtrak. They didn't have airplanes. They didn't have even stagecoaches. I mean, for these people to travel that far, that was a big thing. And so this is what she did. And so the scripture says she came to Jerusalem with a very great train uh, with camels and that bear spices and very much gold. It kind of reminds me of when Jesus was born, the wise men, that there was something that got a hold of them that said, we got to find this. This is the truth. We don't understand it, but man alive, the star is witnessing, and so we got to get there. And how many years did they spend, you know, trying to get to that journey or getting on that journey? We sometimes lose track of that in the fact that, you know, I can get on the plane out here in, at the, uh, uh, the, the Gillette Airport, and man, I can be, I can be in, in Tampa Bay, Florida, in hours. I mean, you, that, that's the kind of thing that you and I have. And we don't understand sometimes, you know, that, that there were people, praise God, that, that, that spent months and years trying to get a hold of this. And so here you got such a case. And I want you to look at this because I believe that God's got an answer for some of you in this. The scripture says, the Bible says, first of all, she came and she, she brought gold and she brought spices and precious stones. And when she had come to Solomon, she communicated or communed with him of all that was in her heart. Praise God. She began to just empty out. I've had that happen a few times as a pastor. We're either in my office or up at the jail or someplace else. I could tell people were just bearing their heart. You know, and that's where some of you are going to have to go first. Not to me so much. If you wanted to me, that's fine. I'm open, man. I just closed down my music repair shop. So I got a few hours a week that I could spend doing this. I I'm just telling you. But you're going to have to bury your heart. You're not going to have to. You can't come in there and start playing games again and saying all kinds of stuff. And that's where some of you are at. You have not learned to trust God enough, praise God, where you can bear everything in you to Him. And that's why I know it's scary, because we hear all the horror stories out there, how people, you know, have, have, have really abused that type of thing. But I don't believe that God is. So the Scripture says that, that Solomon, because of what she did, Solomon told her all her questions. Everything she had, every, every uh, you know, what about this or what about that? And listen to me, people. I don't think it was questions like, um, you know, why is red red or green? I believe there were, there were some tremendous questions that this lady had. And the Bible says there was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. Look at that. That's what God wants to do for you. And the scripture says in verse number four, and when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat on his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel, what they wore, she even said, wow. 
you know. That's why I look at us, you know, us Pentecostals, you know, us apostolic Pentecostals that try to be modest and things like that. And we wonder why people look at us. The other day when my wife went into the store, and she's not flaunting this, you know. She, her hair just started growing here about five, ten years ago. And my goodness, look at it now, you know. Well, she's not going to cut it. She's, it's what it is. And so when she goes someplace, my goodness, people will look at her. They'll look at what's going on there. And I, I, I just felt like I want to ask, you know, somebody looked at her at, uh, at an extent in Albertson's the other day, and I wanted to walk over to the guy and says, she doesn't step on it yet. Because I felt like that was probably the question she, that he had. Well, the point I'm making, and I'm not worshiping her hair, folks. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's a tremendous witness. Everything that God wants to do in your life is a witness. It's not some monkey show. He's not trying to make you into a freak show. He's trying to show you off to this world in the name of Jesus and show this world that there's a God that gets a hold of people in the name of Jesus in ways that he doesn't do that every day. Come on, there's somebody right here. There's a young lady here. You need to stand up right now and you need to lift up your hand and say, I am not ashamed to be a witness. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Wow, come on, I'm telling you, that one took the breath out of me, oh, and some of you guys need to respect your wives and the women, praise God, and give them honor, where honor is due in the name of Jesus, oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. My goodness. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. You can say what you want, folks. You can say what you want. But verse number five said that she observed everything he was doing. And she had never seen it like that before. Besides getting her answers, she had seen a lifestyle, praise God, that she had never saw before. And listen, look at what it did, praise God. The scripture says, when she saw all this and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, the Bible says there was no more spirit in her. I'm telling you something, it made a profound effect on her life. And I believe that God wants to bring that kind of thing back into our midst. Where people, they step into the presence of God in an apostolic service or a prayer meeting or whatever the case is, and it literally takes the breath out of them. Why is that? Because God is still using us for a witness. That's what he's doing. And I understand that we don't understand it all. We don't. And so I'm not here to say that you better have it down before you leave today. I'm just saying that quit, throw, quit getting tempted to throw it away when you really don't understand what it's all about. Why don't you get back into this Bible? Why don't you unplug your internet for two or three days and get in your Bible and pray? Get on your knees and say, God, I gotta know. I gotta know what's going on here. I want them desperate, praise God. And I'm going to tell you something, with that kind of an attitude, I believe that God can, will come into your midst in a special way. I believe He will. 
and he will show you things. And some of this controversy and this confusion, praise God, will leave and you will begin to see very clearly what God is doing in the world that you live in. And it will be powerful. And let me tell you this, let me testify to this, and because I've said this several times in my walk with God, that you will never, ever be the same. Never. You'll never be the same again. And so I'm telling you right now, instead of trying to win arguments and trying to defend God, let's seek the truth. Let's let God show us some things, praise God. Just like this lady, when she came, man alive, she came, she went back a different way. And that's exactly what the scripture says about the wise men when they came to Jesus, when they finally found him when he was over two years of age. You know, the Bible says, you know, there was a plot to to try to kill him. But the scripture says they went back another way. And so that's what an encounter with our almighty God will do. Praise God. And so here's what I want you to see. I'm just about done here. I know I've taken a lot of liberty here today. But man, I'm dealing with a lot of issues in here. A whole, probably four or five times more than I thought I was going to have to. It was almost overwhelming on that, on a, singing here this morning. You did a great job. You did. And I mean to tell you, you know, I appreciate your, your stamina because that's what has to happen. Sometimes we just got to plow through the mess, you know, and this is what God has done here today, really has. And none of you are bad people. It's just that for some reason, man, it's come to a head here the last couple of weeks. I told you last week, man, we're battling something. I don't know what it is. Sometimes, you know, I can say, well, flesh and blood, you know, but it generalize it and that type of thing, but I just know we're battling. And there's some, there's some things that are at stake in several of your lives right now. And that's why I, I'm, I'm trying to be very, very careful here. So the scripture says, she said to the king, verse number six, here was her testimony now. Here was her observation. It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Man, what I heard, man, I see it. But look at this in verse number seven. How, how, he says, how be it, I believe not the words until I came. That's why I'm saying, folks, there is something to be said about what God is doing resident in peoples. And I'm not against the internet. I'm not saying that God can't use it in Facebook. You just heard that ours just got back up and we're trying to connect with as many people every week as we can. But you know yourself, there is something about coming into the place where the, where the event is happening, praise God, that really, really stands out. And so this is what she found out. And the Bible says, she, she said, Howbeit I believe not the words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half. That's what I discovered. That my goodness, you know, those reports that I'm hearing, they couldn't even cover half of it. And she says, thy wisdom. And she said, in prosperity, and exceedeth the fame which I heard. And the words she uses here in verse number eight is happy, but it really means blessed. That's what it means. Blessed are thy men. Happy are these your servants, which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighteth in thee. And this is what I feel like, again, God wants to bring back before this thing really gets to rocking and rolling is that God wants to show this world, praise God, there is a blessed people. 
Amen. There are people that have, I told you this morning, how many times this week has God forgiven you? How many times this week has God given you air to breathe? And you never had to ask him for that one time, did you? I'm telling you, you and I serve an almighty great God. Every day he does this for us. He doesn't come and, 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 and ask how good we're doing. He's just a great God in the name of Jesus. And some of us have got to get off of this place where God's got to come with a bolt of lightning. I don't know about bolts of lightning, folks. I just want to realize, praise God, what the Lord has done for me every day and I'm going to tell you something folks that's what helps me to get on higher ground in the name of Jesus listen to me folks this depression and this God can't do quite enough I don't know about that stuff I just want to abandon it and leave it outside the door I want to come in and be able to lift up my hands any and every time praise God and say how great our God is oh hallelujah and I'm not saying you got to demonstrate yourself the same way as anybody else, but folks, there's got to be something that gets a hold of us, that gets a hold of us in Jesus' name. And I made re reference to this, and this is my last point. I, I have other things I could do, but I'm going to cut it short here. Uh, the scripture says in the fourth chapter of the book of Romans, I made reference to this at the beginning of the service here today, amen, that Abraham, you know, is a tremendous example of how to walk with God by faith. He just is. You study those, chap those chapters in, in Genesis of how he, he conducted himself, and yes, he got himself into trouble a few times, but on the most part, Abraham, with the help of the Lord, was able to keep his course and his direction going. That's what he was able to do. And this is what God is doing for us. Amen. And so the Bible says in chapter number 4, in verse number 16 of Romans, it says, therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. That's why I'm saying, you know, the um, anchor points, one of the anchor points that Brother Bernard makes is our faith, our faith in God. And I, I'm trying, personally, I'm trying to work on, on having more and more faith in God towards him. It says to the end, it says the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that, which, that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Abraham, there was something established with Abraham that came down the corridors of time. Amen. And so the Bible says in verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom ye, he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which, which be not as though they were. That's how powerful our God is. And then it says, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And it says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead when he was about an hundred years old. It says, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered. He did not doubt. That's what that word literally means. He did not doubt at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Do you see what kept him in the mix? Is he was able to give glory to God. 
Amen. As a pastor over the years, one of the, the first things I begin to see with people when I know that, they're, that there's something happening, there's a battle going on and, and it looks to me like they're losing a little bit, is when they can come into a place like this and not worship and praise him. Now again, I'm not trying to get feely on all that kind of business, but there's something happening. There's something wrong. And listen, I'm not going to get completely in your business, but if that's happening to you, you need to do something about it. You need to lay claim, praise God, that this ain't going to go on for years and months and all that kind of business. That I'm going to come into the house of God and I'm going to lift my hands in faith, not in feeling. I'm going to have faith in God for what he does and that faith is going to have a work. Come on. And that work is going to be established in the name of Jesus. Now listen to me, folks. Come on, I understand that we can, we can call this all feelings and that type of thing, and we got to be careful with that one. But faith is an action, praise God. I worship and I praise Him by faith, praise God, not by what's going on in my life, but by who He is. And this is what, what Abraham established in his life. And look at what the results were. Look at what the results were in verse number 21. He became fully persuaded. Come on. That's where God wants to take us. He doesn't want us to leave room for doubt anymore. He wants us to be fully persuaded that what he's done for us. Why do you think God allowed me to come to an altar secretly and do this little experimentation, praise God? You want to know why? Not because God was putting me down because I had to do that to confirm the things of the Lord. God wanted me fully persuaded. And I'm here to tell you, folks, that's exactly where God wants you. He doesn't want you sitting out there someplace in the bleachers wondering if this thing is really true or why does this person get blessed and this one doesn't and all that kind of business. God wants you to be able to come and get every one of your answers to your questions. Amen. But I do feel like one of the, one of the, 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 the first inaugural areas of that is the fact that we're going to have to be able to bear our heart to him. We're going to have to be able to let him in in some of these areas that we're struggling. You see, we as a church want to take care of this. We want to become the counselor. We want to become the one that gives people the answer. And don't misunderstand me. You might be the one that God uses to do that. But the bottom line is, folks, he's the comforter. He's the one that heals, praise God. He's the one that does these things in the name of Jesus. And that's what's, that's what's being reestablished among us. It's powerful, folks. And people are becoming fully persuaded that what he told me he would do, he's going to do. And that's what helped me when I needed it, praise God, with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't know what your issue is today, what needs to be fully persuaded in your life today. But let's take a few minutes. And if you're serious about this, let's come down to this altar and let's present it to him. Come on, let's not be afraid. Praise God. Let's come down to this altar, praise God, and lift up our hands in faith, and let's talk to the Lord. Come on. 
Listen, I'm telling you folks, we don't have to be afraid of this. This is something God wants to take away here today. He wants to take away the fear of exposure in your mind right now. Because he's going to tell you he already knows in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's talk to the Lord. Let's not be afraid. Come on, come on, start a dialogue with him. Start a dialogue with the Lord. Don't be afraid of what he's, what he's, what he's got for you. Come on, come on. Let's do this together. Come on, this is beautiful. Almost the whole church is down here right now. And that's great. And I understand we've got, we got Larry back there. And you just stay back there, Larry. You're okay. You're with us. I know you are, Larry. I know you are. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Come on. We don't have to be afraid. We can come to the Lord boldly in our throne. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Come on. I'm telling you right now, there's deliverance here. There's deliverance in the house of God. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm telling you addictions. I'm telling you, oh, in the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. Come on, folks. Come on. Come on. Dive in. Oh, yes. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, that's right. That's right. Come on. Let's take another 30 seconds. Come on. Another 30 seconds. Let's get into the kingdom. Oh, there it is. There it is again. Come on. You sense that wave? Come on. That wave of the Holy Ghost. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Those of you, those of you, you know, you know this is true. You know this is true. 